Hello and welcome. My name is Chris. And I'm Chris as well. And we're here to be talking Turnstiles and Tribulations, a new Arsenal podcast and football podcast. We're going to be talking all things Arsenal, from the team to its history, to the stadium, the, the shirt and the kits, the tactics that we're employing week after week, the passion from the fans in the stands, as well as those around the world, um, and everything in between. We're going to also debate some of the big footballing topics we're going to have a host of guests during the season, some games, and hopefully a load of input from the Arsenal community of listeners. You can follow us on Twitter at AFCTurn underscore Trib, or you can follow us on Instagram at Turnstiles underscore Tribulations, or you can look us up on Facebook, Turnstiles and Tribulations as well. We're going to be posting quite a few things up there. So yeah, tune in, follow us, and uh, off we go, Chris. Here we go. Nice one. Well, yeah, I mean... Uh, Nice to chat to you today, Chris. We've uh, obviously known each other for a little while, um, and I feel like we should probably introduce ourselves to the three or four people that are going to listen to this, um, <laughs> and uh, and tell them who they are. So, do you know what? Even I, we have probably had this conversation before, um, possibly on the back of a minibus on the way to a game, or in the car on the way to a game, or something like that. But. Uh, Tell me about kind of you and the Arsenal and how it all started for you. I don't even know if we had had this conversation because um, I don't think I've told many people my introduction to Arsenal. Okay. Um, and I don't think I know yours, so um, it'd be interesting to get it anyway. Um, so I've been supporting Arsenal from the late 90s. Um, I grew up in South London. The closest team was Crystal Palace. Um, and I was going to Palace regularly as a young boy. Um, Homestyle End, um, watching the likes of Ian Wright and John Solarco and Mark Bright. Um, but when Wrighty left, I sort of adopted Arsenal as my second team. Okay. It's a team that I watched on, you know, uh, Match of the Day, um, the team that I followed when Palace weren't playing. Um, but then over the years, um, seeing Palace drop and yo yo up and down the table. <laughs> good players leave. Um, I got more and more interested in the Arsenal um, and the sort of lore of the club and the history and the traditions and every every single part of it. And it sort of took over. Right. And it became my number one club. Um, the season before we won um, in, in 98, so sort of the 96, 97 season, that was when I really sort of got into it. Um, and then more recently... Um, lucky enough to have a season ticket for a few years uh, at the Emirates. Um, and then um, even more recently than that, and I'm sure we'll come in and talk about that um, later on, but a little bit of a a distance from me and the club when I went to work abroad. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, similarly, similarly with, with you, we haven't been that close to the club um, for a few years, but I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more later on. Yeah. Nice. No, I must admit, I don't think we actually have had that conversation then. Um, so you're basically a Palace turncoat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's better it comes out now right? rather than uh, in a few years' time and I get cancelled. <laughs> Arsenal cancelled. Yeah, so for me, it was the 1993 FA Cup final when we played Sheffield Wednesday. It was the first time I'd ever watched a game of football and cared about the outcome, like been paying attention to it all. And it was Arsenal who I was rooting for to to win it. So, uh, yeah, that was the first kind of game that I really remember. Then also kind of after that, 
And after I'd shown the interest in the Arsenal, uh, I was lucky enough to get the bruised banana as my first Arsenal kit. So a very iconic kick to get as your first one. And then, yeah, it was just uh, kind of went full blown nuts around 96, 97 when Burkamp came. And then I was a little bit older, you know, 11, 12, constantly out playing football with a friend. So, yeah, constantly always wanting to be Dennis Burkamp scoring a goal. Um, and then going out from there, we uh, won some leagues, we won some cups. Like you, lucky enough to get a season ticket for a few years at the Emirates um, and was very happy going to games. Uh, and then for me, the really big part was um, being an away fan. I think uh, that really, for me, uh, just grabbed me um, so much. I'd, I'd watched a few games at Highbury, um, but going away and my first ever away experience was Milan when we beat them 2-0 with that Fabregas goal where he just runs off screaming from like nearly four yards over to the bench and to Wenger. Um, so that was my first ever away game, not even a domestic one, you know, just to like Chelsea away or something, but to Milan. Was I with you for that? Because I was, I was at that game as well. Um, I don't think you were because that would have been, I think, 2008. Um, and I think we'd only just met, uh, through mutual friends and I don't remember you being there and you certainly weren't with us during the day and it gets a little bit hazier as it goes on, but, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't remember you. We did the fly, fly in, fly out for that game. And that was through the East Sussex Arsenal Supporters Club, who I got my travel through, did my tickets through, uh, all the aways and so on. So if any of those guys are listening, hello, welcome. Um, and yeah, that supporters club has played a huge part in me being able to follow and support the Arsenal over the years. And they still do. And it's an awesome group of guys there too. So uh, yeah, big thanks to them because I wouldn't be the fan I am now without them. And that Milan game was the starting point. It was the best experience ever. And I, I was hooked from that point on. I was like, yeah, sign me up to the away scheme and uh, made sure that I was going to more away games even than home games a lot of the time. Then, yeah, like like yourself, now living abroad, um, living in Vancouver in Canada, there's a great local supporters uh, club here. So we go down to the pub, uh, get together and watch the games, even the silly 12 o'clock kickoffs. The pub will open at 4.30 in the morning, be serving coffee and, uh, and pastries and stuff so you can go down there and watch. And um, as best as I can, I get down there. Uh, and it's a great atmosphere uh, since I've left as well. We've had some great success in the cups and I've watched it all from Canada. So thanks for that. I get to go to the uh, Birmingham cup final uh, and enjoy that misery. And then as soon as I leave, we get a whole bunch of days at Wembley that all end in, uh, end in silverware. So. All right, mate. Very interesting to hear. Cause I don't think I knew um, your story. I don't think you knew mine. Um, and now the listeners, like you say, the, the two or three people who have tuned in, <laughs> our parents, <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, I don't even think my parents will, but yeah, they wouldn't know how to work a podcast. Um, but I think enough about the past. Shall we move forward to the present day? Um, I think that's what we're here for, right? To discuss um, the the season and, and pre-season, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, how has your pre-season been? Have you managed to keep up to date with the matches? Have you managed to um, keep up to date with the transfer business and the rumours and and whatever, or have you tried to stay away from it a little bit? No, I've been uh, actually pretty good with watching the games. I've, I've managed to get uh, some streams for the Everton game, watch that, 
first half good, second half snooze fest. Um, I watched a small bit of the Orlando game. I was busy at the time um, and I made sure to watch the Chelsea one back uh, after it. I was aware of the result, but I still wanted to watch it. Um, and then same with the weekend's game. It was uh, being streamed over here. So uh, that was an easy one to watch. Um, then in terms of all of the other stuff that goes on with preseason, all the rumors and, and things like that, I do try and bury my head in the sand as much as possible to not get drawn into these things. But inevitably, I can't help myself. Uh, I find myself <laughs> checking social media like all the time. Oh, what's happened? As soon as I wake up, oh, we signed a player. Are we even linked to a player? Um, I must admit, though, I have managed to trim down on what I look at. I'll only pretty much take into account someone like Fabrizio Romano, who's kind of blown up in the last couple of years and does somehow seem to have this awesome network that sees into all the deals across all of Europe, which is nuts. So kudos to him on managing to do that. Uh, so for me, if he's talking about it or someone like David Ornstein's talking about it, maybe there's mention of it on The Athletic, something like that, then I'll pay attention. But uh, as for kind of the in the know accounts and things like that, I, I discard them um, and I try not to be carried away by it all. Uh, what about you? Have you been getting excited with what we've been doing off the field? You, you know what I'm like when it comes to transfers. I do try and do my due diligence and research on the players. I like to think I've got a decent knowledge of, of what's going on around Europe, um, part, partly through through what I do as a job. So I like to do my sort of scouting and um, I know when a few of the players have popped up, you've asked me sort of what, what I thought of them. Um, and I've normally got an opinion. Some of it's just from playing football manager, but you know, um, <laughs> any, any knowledge is good knowledge, right? True, um, true. But, I mean, look, I've been really impressed with what we've done. I've been very supportive of the process and very supportive of what Edu's been trying to do over the last season or so and the players that we've brought in. And I, I think what we've seen is players who fit a certain style, players who fit a certain mentality, players who fit a certain age bracket. And I can really get behind the club on the moves that we're making. And I was so happy with the Gabriel Jesus signing because he's just the sort of player we've missed. He's got everything about him that we've missed in this last 18 months. Um, almost when Oba started to go off the boil, um, we've really missed a, a player who's a predator, a player who's a fighter, uh, and a player who really wants to go and score goals. Uh, we haven't had that with Lacazette. No, unfortunately not. Um, so it was so good to get him in. And then I think I said to you that Zinchenko was a player that I wanted. Yep, yeah, we both agreed on that. Just his technical quality is so high. Um, I think he's really underrated. And I did say that when he does move from City and goes to a, with all due respect to us, a slightly smaller club, because I think we're, you know, e even as biased fans, we can say we're at a level that's slightly below City at the moment. But he'll go and he'll make a name for himself at, at a team like us. Mm -hmm. And again, it's the right mentality and the right age. And it, it makes me really excited when I see the business that we've done on the on the pitch. What, what about yourself? Yeah, 
absolutely overjoyed with Gabby Jesus coming in. I, as much as I liked Uber, I think that Jesus is a very different player. And I don't think we've had a number nine like him since Eduardo. I don't think we've had someone who can kind of do a bit of it all within the box. He's not one for 30-yard screamers, but he is someone who is dogged, doesn't give up the fight, can take a couple of touches. Normally, you look at how Arsenal have played over the years, we take too many touches in the box, whereas Jesus manages to have little tippy-tappy touches, and you think a lot of other players have maybe taken too many, and he still manages to bang it in. Um, And I think technically... And stylistically, he is the uh, uh, going to be amazing for us. And yeah, like I say, the comparison, not necessarily completely in what Eduardo was before his horrible injury and a little bit post. But uh, I think he's the natural number nine. Aubameyang was never a natural number nine. But uh, yeah, Jesus, awesome. Fabio Vieira, I must admit, I know nothing about him. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I think that's one disappointment part from preseason is not getting to see him yet. As for Zinchenko, the the way that City talk about him tells you everything. Um, yeah. they It's almost like you talk about him like this. How come you've let him go? Uh, the kind of things that players have said, managers have said, I think we've got a bargain. And I know we're in for Martinez from Ajax uh, and he's gone to United, which I don't begrudge him for. He's going to go to play for his old manager and that manager brought him into Ajax. It makes sense. We were never going to go to that price range. And I think we've gotten a more rounded player with proven Premier League experience at nearly half the price. So for me, it's a no-brainer. I'm really, really glad that we've got Zinchenko in. But yeah, transfers overall, Big fan of what's been going on there. The rumor that there's still a big one to happen, maybe, and they're kind of waiting to see what happens in the market. We'll see, hopefully. Um, I don't know who it would be, really. Uh, Maybe another surprise one like the Vieira, but uh, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out with a few weeks to go. Where do you think we are as a squad? I mean, do you think we're ready for the start of the season? Do you think we're a player short? And where do you think that player needs to come in I think we're ready I I haven't watched many other teams play in preseason other than the ones that have played against us and I did watch the community shield on the weekend as well I would say that we look very sharp so far in the way that we've played uh, we look very committed already we don't look like we're going through the motions it's preseason we look like we're trying hard and we're putting in the application I think I would like another striker. If I'm honest, I know they've talked a lot about a winger. I would like another striker in uh, that kind of is likely to sit in between the skill and experience level of Jesus and Nketiah, someone that's going to be in the middle there because we're not going to go out and get someone better than Gabby Jesus now. Like he is our, you know, you are the player. He has talked about, I don't want to be the superstar, but you, you will be because you're going to be hopefully the one banging in 20 goals this season. Um, I think I would like to see someone that could play down the middle come in and can play on the wing if necessary, not ne- not getting a winger um, that can play down the middle. That, for me, is the spot I would like to see us add. What about you? Similar, but I think 
I look at that slightly different in that I want a player who can play out wide and then they can do a job in the middle if we need them to. <laughs> um, and the only reason I say that is, I mean, first of all, the players that we've got um, in those four positions are all really flexible um, and they can all play in those different positions. And even in that severe game, they were rotating quite a lot. Mm-hmm. When Gabby Jesus was coming out wide and when he played that little ball in for, for Xhaka, uh, it was Martinelli who was running into the box in the Jesus position. Uh, and the same with Saka on the other side. He's been getting into the box a lot. Um, so we know that all those players can do those different jobs. What I would like to see is a player who can start out wide um, that would just give us a little bit more depth. I don't know where Fabio Vieira is going to play. Um, because he can do jobs in all those positions, and he has played last season, even as a even as a, a sort of a false nine for for Porto a little bit. And the same with Smith Rowe. I don't really know exactly where he's going to play. Is he going to sometimes play in that central midfield left eight sort of role, or is he going to go back into his wider position, um, or is he going to play as that sort of withdrawn striker and let people run off? So I think there's loads of options there. But I would like to see just one more player who can give us some goal output, probably starting on the right-hand side. But I think it's going to depend on what we do with Pepe and what we do with Reese Nelson. Because mm-hmm. we've got to get those guys out, I think, uh, before we bring somebody in. Uh, otherwise, we can still use them, I think, a little bit. Um, I've not lost complete faith in in both of them and for them to be part of a a unit and to be, to be back up for us, I think is fine. But... I would like to see one more in that that wide forward role. Yeah, come the Europa League games, I'll be happy if Pepe and Reese Nelson are starting. But if we've got a Premier League game at home against any decent opposition, I will look at a team that has Reese Nelson or Pepe in it and think, oh, that's that's a weakness. Um, but hopefully that's not going to happen. Hopefully we get the players in. And like you've mentioned, Smith Rowe, Fabio Vieira, we've not seen them at all really in preseason because of uh, having slight niggles. So hopefully they do have a part to play and it'll be interesting to see what part they play um, and how that shakes out. But uh, overall, I think that uh, we're looking good. We're looking sharp and uh, I'm very excited, as I think every fan is, and as we always are at this time of year, without a ball being kicked yet in the Premier League, we're always excited, uh, and we always think, right, you know, let's let's see what happens, let's see how it starts. I mean, we uh, the benchmark from last year's start, you know, we, we can only go up, so uh, let's, hope, <laughs> yeah. let, let's hope that we can do that this year uh, and get a good start. I think we're going to surprise people this season. Um, I think we're going to surprise people. I think the the confidence around the group and the way that they're playing, um, I know it's only pre-season and it's about fitness and it's about um, getting that chemistry and that blend. There's a feeling around the club. Mm-hmm. There's a real feeling around the club. And those two who have come in from City, the way that they talk about the club already and the way that they've been speaking um, and the little signals they've given on the pitch just makes me think, we're going to surprise some people here. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a really good season. I'm positive. Yep, absolutely. And to add to that one little note, uh, I think Zinchenko 
as good as Gabby Jesus coming in and doing the the usual kind of, oh, you know, I've come to the big club and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and great. Thank you, Gabby. And you're going to be awesome for us. And I think we love you already. But uh, Zinchenko, you could clearly see that there's an Arsenal fan there and someone that watched us when he was younger and is getting to live that dream that I know I wish I could and I still do, still fantasize at 37 years old and I still think, oh, I could do a job. Um, I could come on and score a goal in a cup final. You you just give me the chance. But uh, yeah, it was it was good to see this whole group is seems very unified. Um, and it's not just from this preseason. This is from last season as well. There's that disappointment. We we don't need to rehash last year, but there's that disappointment and they have stayed together. They didn't get too much time off. Uh, some obviously went off to play international for a bit and, and had a bit of a longer break. But uh, the unity and the togetherness of the club looks really good. Um, and we may talk about this in a couple of weeks because obviously there's going to be the uh, all or nothing coming out which is going to show us how we've gotten to that point of the end of last season so I'll leave that conversation to another time but I'm really looking forward to watching how that unity has been built but for right now I'm looking forward to seeing how we take that unity forward uh, and how we implement it going into this new Premier League season. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned unity there and togetherness. We've got a new skipper. We've got a new captain of, of the Arsenal, uh, Martin Erdegaard. What do you think about that appointment? Is he the player that you wanted to be captain? Is he the player you expected to be captain? Do you think there might have been a better option out there? Uh, he's definitely the player I expected. Definitely the player I expected. And pre-season, you know, there wasn't really any hiding it. Uh, and I think in one of the games where he didn't start... I think Rob Holding started and he was captain, which was just on a side note, great to see. I do like Rob Holding uh, and the job he does for us. Um, he then took the armband from him um, and uh, went on to wear it. So it was kind of not really a secret. It was always likely to be him. There, there was another game there where um, El Nenny was captain maybe for the second half or when Odegaard went off. And then when Odegaard came on to sort of celebrate, El Nenny took the armband off and put it on him. Oh, did he? I didn't um, see that. Yeah. Um, sort of signifying like, this yeah. is my captain and, you know, this is the guy. And I think it's great. Like, he's young, but he's been around football for a long time. There's Just because someone's young doesn't mean they can't be a captain. Uh, and there are so many different styles of a captain. There aren't many people in the mould of you know, a Tony Adams or even a Vieira so much anymore. Um, those players are few and far between. But um, by leading by example, and he is always uh, pushing the team to press, to harry, to move. He is always uh, throughout last season, like helping coordinate that. Uh, and so even last year, I was watching that and thinking he could easily be our captain. But uh, I think, yeah, Erdegaard makes sense for me and I'm, I'm very happy and I hope that he can really uh, help us to kick on. I think he's, um, he is the epitome of what the, the new Arsenal is. Young, vibrant, energetic, focused and fingers crossed we can have some success there. So um, what about you? Were you chuffed with that one or were you a bit like, oh, I wanted someone else? Yeah, I think going back... So last season, I was thinking that Kieran Tierney would be my choice. But with his injury issues, it was only ever going to be Erdegaard, wasn't it? And I think captain for his country 
Um, like you say, he leads by example. I think he's a really good spokesperson for the club. I think he spoke really well um, on a couple of the big issues on that American tour. And yeah, I think he's he's, a, he's the figurehead that you want for the club. I'm hoping that the likes of Ramsdale or, or Saka will be up there for that vice-captaincy shout because I think they would be equally good spokespeople for the club and equally good to represent mm-hmm. what the Arsenal is about. Um, but, you know, with Arteta and the way that things have been, this sort of leadership group means so much and you're still going to have the likes of Rob Holding and still going to have the likes of Granit Xhaka um, really at the forefront of, of spurring the team forward. And I think even in the... I'm trying to think what game it was. It might have been the Sevilla game just before kickoff. Xhaka was the one who was leading the troops there. He was the one who was um, firing people up. So I sort of think like have a captain who's a figurehead and have a captain who makes sense for sponsorship reasons and makes sense for the visual and the aesthetic. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of players in there who have responsibility to put us on the right track and a lot of people in that who have experience of playing for a long time who are going to be useful voices in that dressing room Um, and it's not always about the person who's on the pitch we've had captains with you know Arteta and Mersesaka who didn't play a great deal um, towards the end of their spells but they were the, the voice that was needed in the dressing room and they were the the people who the rest of the team could look up to and I think that's what we have with with things now. Like you say, we've got other people in there who will also pull their weight in terms of leadership. And that's what you want in any good team. It shouldn't just be down to one person. You know, it wasn't just, um, again, talking of some of the best captains of our past. It wasn't just Vieira who who led people in that team. It wasn't just Tony Adams that led people in that team. We've had... And you need, if you want to be a successful team, leaders across the pitch. And I do think we have that. We have that in Ramsdale. Uh, I think someone like Gabriel at the back, we have that. Uh, KT, when he's playing and when he's fit, Xhaka. And I'm going to I'm gonna give him the Mikel Arteta benefit of the doubt. Everyone starts with a clean slate. Um, he uh, is someone that I've not enjoyed for a long time at Arsenal. And then things went bad for him or worse, as it were. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of him before those things that happened. But one thing I can say about him is he's a principled guy and I appreciate that a lot. And he is trying. Sometimes he's trying for the team and other times he's trying my patience, but he is trying. So uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll, we'll, we'll move on because maybe Arteta is unlocking something from him with the team he's building around him that maybe then makes him a good player. That's happened in the past for players that have seen like they're not that good. And then you've got someone else uh, building a team around them and then all of a sudden they're a much better player. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, very happy all in all with that. And then in terms of what we're going to be doing on the pitch, we need to cover kind of how we're going to look on the pitch this year with uh, the three new kits. Obviously, we saw the home kit in the last game of the season. Um, we had the kit launch just this weekend with the third strip, which I believe we'll be wearing away on Friday. And we've got the kit launch that happened in the US. So I'm just going to go straight in. You have to rank them one to three. Which order are you going in? 
the black kit is elite. The black kit is the sort of kit that you win a league in. I'm putting it out there now. Um, the pink kit is my second favourite. Um, and then the red. But the red is still great. I think we've got a really good batch of kits this season. The benefit of that black kit is you can, I can see so many fans wanting to buy it and wear it out because it just fits in really well. Not so much with the pink. I think some people might be put off by that. Certainly the, um, I, I could see you in those pink trousers as well that they launched the kit in. I don't know if you saw the um, concept photos. Mate, I would absolutely rock that. They reminded me of maybe like a um, a red soccer got caught in the wash of your cricket whites. It, it was, they, they got that sort of baggy style to them and I thought, yeah, that's right up your street. They did, yeah, you're right. And I did see a small um, fluff piece about the black kit. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Um, that was obviously filmed while they were over uh, in Germany and about what the thinking was behind that black kit and how when fans come to the game, they approach from different angles of the stadium. You've got people that are coming maybe from from the Drayton side. You've got people that are coming from the Arsenal Tube side. You've got people coming off of Holloway Road. So they were saying how at different angles people approach from, and that's what that whole AFC and that block perspective is all about is the fact that people approach from different angles and people view the club in different ways but yeah you're right that black kit is awesome i haven't ordered the shirt but i have ordered the hoodie as i think they look really sleek uh, and i do really like the pink kit i really like small touches like the little uh i don't know what you would call them but the little the little things from the uh older crest those little uh triangle with the dot I like the little touches like that. I do think Adidas has maybe pulled on a few of the Nike 1990s strings with some of their designs that they've had for us so far. And I would include our current home strip with the um, the kind of lightning in the, uh, in the collar. But uh, yeah, all in all, we're going to look good out there this year. And fingers crossed the football's there to, uh, to look good there too. Definitely, mate. Definitely. And there is one thing I want to talk about as well, going back to the 90s. I don't know if you've seen it, but the new football, the new Nike ball for this year's Prem, have you seen it? I've just had a look, yeah. Um, very similar to one of the old Mitre balls, is it? Yep, yeah. So the the Mitre Ultimax, which back in the day I had brand new and I didn't want to use it. I had it, I cut out a bit of cardboard from a Frosty's packet and I wrapped it in tin foil on the shiny side out and made a little circle to sit the ball on, on my, on my shelf in my bedroom. A little I love that ball. Yeah. That ball looked amazing. And I remember there came a point where I was like, yeah, I do need to use this now. I want to kick it around a bit. Um, and when it gets that first scuff, when it goes in the road and you're like, oh God, that cuts deep. But um, I do like this uh, this new Nike ball and the throwback to the Ultimax. So a small tidbit, I, I love that. And maybe fans of kind of my era uh, and older maybe feel the same. But um, yeah, I'm a big fan of that new ball. So yeah, moving on, obviously, from uh, from there, the season does start on Friday. So we're a couple of days out um, recording this now. As far as I'm aware, everyone that was fit on the weekend is still fit. 
and there's no new issues there. So what to you does our best 11 look like right now? I'm expecting the same team that started that severe game. I think those were the players that Arteta had earmarked to start this first game and they've been the ones who have got the most minutes over the the last couple of pre-season games. Um, I think it's pretty clear that he wants to start with that team. I think his hands are slightly tied by the fact that Tierney and Tommy Asu have not managed to get any minutes under their belt yet. Same with Smith Rowe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd imagine that we'll start with the same team. I guess the only point of interest will be that right-back slot. Ben White obviously has been starting the last couple of games, but there's obviously potential for Cedric to to come back into the team. <laughs> Your favourite. Um, after, he, after he ended the work the uh, season so well at Everton and, and smashed that goal home. He did, and he put a great ball in in the uh, the Chelsea win in pre-season as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a different sort of player to Ben White, but I, I would imagine that we'll go with White and we'll go with that stability because that back four really looks strong at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. It does. And... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see any changes, to be honest. Do you think there'll be any changes? Do you think anybody has a chance to break into that team? No, not really. They have the chance based on skill. Like, uh, obviously, if Tommy Asu was fully fit, he would play. Um, and then you've got a decision to make at centre-back. But uh, no, we're, we're not going to rush anyone back from their knocks and niggles. So that, to me, is our first eleven that started the other day. I think it makes total sense to have um, Ben White at right back at the moment over Cedric although Cedric maybe can get up and down the wing a bit quicker and easier uh, there was a ball that Ben White played on uh, on the weekend against Sevilla which is an absolute beauty ball over the top uh, into Gabriel Jesus so uh, I'm quite happy with him at the back and having more of that Tommy Asu resilience back there than say Cedric running up and down yeah he definitely gives you some more protection in that in transition as well on that counter attack, playing um playing inverted, him and Zinchenko give you that those two players who can break up things as well as what they can do on the ball. I think he's better than Cedric at doing that job. So it makes sense to me that he he'll play against Palace, especially because they're quite dangerous on the break. And this maybe is a question for a few more weeks into the season once Tommy Asu is back. What then is your starting centre back pairing at the moment? Because I have been impressed with Saliba. I really like Ben White and I think out of all of them, Gabriel is on my team sheet from the beginning. And, you know, he's maybe not a starter, but Rob Holding's still in the in in there as well, maybe if we're playing with a back three, uh, if we switch it up for certain opponents. So what for you is our centre-back pairing? For me, it's horses for courses. I think we've really got options now, options that we didn't have last season. Um, with all due respect to Rob Holden, but we've got now three centre-backs who have the athletic ability to play in that position. Um, and we can leave space in behind and they can chase back and recover their positions well enough. So I think it's about just having a look at what the opposition are bringing and making that decision based on on the strikers and the, the wide players that the opposition have, have started with. Um, in the weeks beforehand. But like you say, Saliba has been really impressive. And I thought he would be because he had such a good season for Marseille. You know, he's got some experience and some game time under his belt. Um, And he's come back looking like a starter. And he's really going to push Ben White for that position. And 
it's probably a, a little bit of a, um, I, I guess, an easy decision for Arteta because he hasn't got to make that decision about a right back because Tommy Asu's not fit and available, which means that, you know, Saliba and Ben White can both be in the starting eleven. Um, but it would have been interesting to see who he would have started with in these preseason games had Tommy Asso been been fit because that would have asked a few more questions about where he sees Saliba's development right now and whether he, he thinks that he's the better um, choice for centre-back. But I, I think we can rotate those those two. We haven't mentioned Pablo Marie either. I don't know whether he's going to get a move out, but as a left-sided backup for Gabriel, I don't think he's the worst option in the world either. So No, and I'm happy to see him in Europa group games uh, and you know, giving Gabriel the night off because uh, that's going to be key. Something obviously we didn't have to deal with last year was uh, the added games. So I think Marie likely stays this season and that he plays those Europa group games. Definitely. So uh, with all that in mind, let's call it right here, right now. Where are we finishing in the league? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> and I, I, I really don't have an answer. I don't want to put put the team under pressure, even though it has absolutely no impact on them at all. Mate, they're all going to be listening. Don't Just because we're new on the podcast game doesn't mean that they aren't going to be listening. And boys, hello. Welcome. Uh, we're big fans of all of you. Uh, including you, Granite and Cedric. So, uh, yeah, play well, play hard. And uh, I'm going to throw it out there that we will come third. Really? So behind Liverpool and City? Where we are, and again, this all is based off of looking at us throughout the preseason and hearing about the other teams and what you see in the press. You've, you've got Chelsea who've lost a bunch of players and every other player they go, Barcelona come in with all of the money that they saved from axing Leo Messi, which must have been billions because they're spending out of control and yet they seem to be broke. So good on them though for ruining Chelsea's transfer plans. I do appreciate that. City have seen a bit of an overhaul, obviously uh, letting a couple of good players go, but they've obviously got a few good players in there's no doubting someone like Haaland although a lot of people are saying oh now he's going to be up against um, you know Premier League centre-backs it's going to be a different story for him I don't think so give him a, I don't even think he'll need a couple of weeks but he's going to score a bag of goals yeah even if he uh, did need a couple of weeks he will then make up for it like he will absolutely score a ton of goals uh, and that's why he's going to be uh, in my fantasy team but we'll come to that in a bit so yeah I think Chelsea are just a bit unstable still um, with the takeover and ownership with the fact that their preseason maybe hasn't gone how they want it to off the field in, in terms of their recruitment and still could lose a couple of key players for them. You know, one of them being their captain, but they do have a lot of young talent there too. So they will be up there. The other team uh, that play in white of those who I shall not speak their name. Uh, I think that there will be the normal breakdown at some point in their season um and we owe them this 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 year our players will be even more resolute in where they want to finish uh not that it's a case of oh we have to be above them and that's all that matters they'll be focused on pushing for the top whether they reach it or not um but uh it will be there that they want to do better than them and yeah they that's about it i i still think united are off it but new manager new bounce who knows? I'm 100% focused on us and what we're going to do. And 
I'm really excited by the players we have. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited by what I've seen in preseason. Um, I think our attacking movements and patterns look really sharp. I think we're going to do. Uh, I think we're going to do really, really well. And I think, like I say, we're going to surprise people this season. Mm-hmm. And top four is there for us. Like you say, there's a few teams who are stuttering in that that area who haven't been able to do what they wanted in the the transfer market so far. Or they've had big turnovers like Chelsea in their defence and they're not going to have that stability and that structure from the start of the season. I really do think we're there in top four and we're going to push um, those top two towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Because we weren't... Take away a couple of silly mistakes in last year's league. We weren't far away from doing that. We could have had third last year, and that isn't a biased, inflated opinion of the team that I love and support. That is genuine. Chelsea weren't picking up too many results towards the end. We were ahead uh, and in that fourth spot with a couple of games in hand, and we did blow it. But we could have taken third if we'd have just... As in any league, you can always pinpoint one, two, three results. You could have said the first three. If we didn't lose the first three, we could have been obviously in fourth. If we didn't lose the three in the middle, Southampton, was it Brighton and Palace? Personally, I had an axe to grind about the United result away and the Everton result away in quick succession um, in the middle of the season. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's far off where we could be, but... The season is long. The one other thing to contend with this year is a big, long mid-season break where the players are going to be going off to the World Cup. Some will come back in better form maybe than they left. Others will come back more tired and in lesser form than when they left. That this year throws a big, not necessarily spanner in the works, but it's something that could really affect some teams more than others maybe. Um, But we'll see as and when it comes to that and we can maybe even discuss the World Cup kind of actually when it happens uh, around Christmas time. But yeah, I think we're going to do well. And that's the main thing. And we've got a team that I like. We've got a team that I can get behind. Uh, We've got a team that I just can't wait to see get out there and do their stuff because pre-season we look like we're playing with a spring in our steps and with a bit of swagger and I'd like to see us bring that into the league this year Stick with us as we discuss our fantasy football league that we'll be doing this year and our teams Welcome back. If you've made it this far with us, we really appreciate it. This is our first stab at doing this. We aren't professionals. Let's add that in as well, as you've probably guessed as we've gone through. But, uh, <laughs> Just in case they hadn't realised. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd throw it in now. Um, I don't know if I'll be listening this far. <laughs> <laughs> so we will have a league going with fantasy football. By no means am I a professional, scoring all the points every week. But I do like to give it a go, and I do like to give over a quite a number of hours a week to planning my team what I'm going to do with it am I going to transfer people in and out uh, and getting frustrated when I make changes and I should have kept the people I had gotten rid of so um, it's going to be even funnier when you spend this amount of time and I end up beating you isn't it no not at all I think I think uh, (laughs) last year you had a team I had one we were in uh, in another group uh, and I think I came ahead of you but uh, we'll see this year every year is a new year so um, but yes, I would tear my hair out and then I'd end up looking like you. Uh, so I don't want that to happen just yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like my hair. So anyway, less waffle, more fantasy football. Uh, go on, Nick. Tell me what you've got as your 11 at the moment and why you think, or well, why you've gone for those players. Hit me with it. 
Um, I've, I've changed it a few times in the last few days, as I'm sure everybody has. Mm-hmm. Um, not particularly for any reason other than I think the, my favourite part of doing it is making a team that I think might be good enough. And then when I'm loads of points behind after week three, I give up. <laughs> um, okay, but this is what I've got. So I've got Alisson in goal. I've got three defenders, Zinchenko, Cucurella, who I'm hoping goes to City pretty soon. Oh, I hear um, rumours he's going to Chelsea, mate. Mm, that's what that's what Mr. Romano says anyway. Really, really. Well, uh, midfield, I've got Ward Prouse, Phil Foden, okay. our boy Saka, yes. um, Mo Salah. Okay. And then up front, Harlan, Anthony Marshall. Okay. It's a bit of a that, wild that card. That is a wild card. And then obviously, obviously Jesus, because, you know, what good team is not going to have him at the moment? Jesus saves. I mean, he almost should be a keeper. But, um, you know, hopefully Jesus saves us uh, with lots of goals instead. Um, I'm confident with that. I've got three Arsenal players. I've done my, I've done my job there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not a bad side. Um, I, of course, think mine is better. Um, but uh, I, I see where you're going with that. Um, <laughs> I think I, I would say you've got, a, you've got people like Salah who are always going to score points. Um, and you've got people like the War Prowls, who's a cheaper option, say in midfield, for example. Um, but he's a player that if you pick him, you need to stick with him for the whole season. Like he doesn't come out of your team because he's not a player who scores. He's not a streaky player like Madison, say, who can go on a purple patch of six, seven, eight games, scoring and assisting, and then maybe goes a little bit quiet. He, uh, War Prowls, that is, will tick along nicely with a clean sheet one week and assist the next week. Maybe not a lot happens. They get smashed by someone the week after that. And then maybe it's just a clean sheet or so on and so on. So steady as he goes. Steady, very much. I've, steady Eddie. I've got a bit more glitz and glamour with my uh, 11. Um, <laughs> go on then. Sounds like it's going to go horribly wrong. So there is a, there is a change I will make already uh, once his transfer goes through. Uh, and that's a goalkeeper at the moment. I've got Dean Henderson in, but I will swap him for Leno once that is done. Um, right, okay. Just because in that way, we've got four Arsenal players. Um, because I have done the same as you. I've got three Arsenal players in the team, um, but a couple of different ones to the ones you've picked. So at the back, I will be going with a back four of Cancelo from City, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, as he's a staple for fantasy. I'm going with Reese James from Chelsea as I think he's going to have another really good season with points. And I've got our boy Gabriel at the back uh, as I think he might get even more goals than he did last year. I think he can improve on the five, not by much. Like if he gets seven, I'd say that's quality return. Um, and I'm hoping that we can be a little more uh, solid at the back this year. Um, so yeah, yeah, he can be a danger from set pieces. Definitely. This is it. Didn't we do really well from set pieces at the start of last season? Mm-hmm. And set piece coach did some did some great stuff. And even if he gets knockdowns, and then someone else is there to finish it off, I'll be very happy with that. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my back four. Uh, and then in the midfield, I've gone for Rodri because he's a bit of a steady Eddie. You know that City are going to get a lot of clean sheets. He scores five, six, seven goals in a season, as well as maybe gets seven, eight, nine assists. So kind of like your Ward Prowse, but I reckon a lot more clean sheets. Um, 
gets booked a lot, though, doesn't he? Mm, well, I mean, yeah, City are absolute bastards when it comes to uh, to how they do that. But um, yeah, he normally outscores his bookings, though, because uh, City punish people once they've scored one or two in the first 10, 15 minutes. They then go to, on to score four or five. And if he's a part of just one of those goals, he, uh, he negates that booking. Um, I've gone for two midfielders I think are going to do big things this year. One of them is an Arsenal player, and that's our new skipper, Erdegaard. I think he will, for the cost of him, he will return big this year because he's got Jesus up front, ready to finish off all of the lovely bits of work that he does. Although Erdegaard is often the pre-assister, he's often the person who lays the ball in that then the next person gets the assist. Um, he's clever. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if he's got to uh, maybe get the opportunity to be a bit more direct this year, um, because feeding it to Lacazette, who was doing a job uh, holding the ball up, you know, whereas Jesus is going to be there just ready to stroke the ball in like he did the other day. So Erdegaard in the midfield because he's cheap um, compared to some of the other big midfield options, um, and my other one who I think is going to score a hat full of goals, unfortunately for Chelsea is Raheem Sterling, who is classed as a midfielder, who will be playing possibly up front if they don't sign a number nine, because I think he's a better number nine than Timo Werner. Although I know in preseason he has played on the wing, uh, you know, out wide as an attacker, but I think Sterling. So I've not gone for the Son. I've not gone for Salah. I'm playing a different game here. Um, And that's why I think I'm going to be, you know, rewarded come the end of the season. Uh, my front three is a powerful front three. Nunes for Liverpool, Haaland for City, and Jesus for Arsenal as my front three. Have you got more money than me to spend? No, mate. Got them I'm in? clearly cleverer. Um, my bench isn't terrible either. Like I've got Matty Cash for Villa, who I think is a, a decent bench option, and Andreas Pereira at Fulham at the moment. Um, who will get a few assists here and there, but uh, and billing at Bournemouth that may change. And hey, even this first 11 may change before Friday's kickoff. Um, a hundred percent. Once I start listening to some of the <laughs> other previews, you're just gonna copy my I'll team. Find out there's some injuries here and there. You're just gonna, I'll be making all sorts of changes. You're just gonna copy my team now. Now you're like, like you've just said, how have you got more money than me? No, the reason why. Well, actually, I'll bring it back to that not having Salah. Yes, I do have more money by not picking the most expensive player on the game, even though he has proven in fantasy football. It gives you a wealth of options to spend that money elsewhere. I am interested in um, Diaz, maybe. Uh, I am interested in a couple of other options as well uh, as differentials, people who players that people won't have. Uh, so there may well be some tinkering, but one thing that kind of stuck out to me was that I picked players, you know, I picked three players from City, two from Liverpool, two from Chelsea, three from Arsenal. And I think those, you know, those teams are going to be the top four. Uh, I, so hopefully I shall be rewarded, but, uh, let us know. Um, let us know about your teams for those few of you that are still listening at this point in the podcast. Uh, we appreciate the fact that you've gone this far with us um, and we hope that you'll join in. We'll be posting up uh, links to join our league. Uh, so it'll be a Turnstiles on Tribulations League. And you can follow us on Twitter at AFC Turn underscore Trib. 
Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at turnstiles underscore tribulations, or you can find us on Facebook at turnstiles and tribulations. All of the info will be posted up there. We'll also post the uh, links to our social media as well as to the fantasy football in the show notes. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm concerned for today, mate, that's going to wrap it up. I don't want to get too much into detail on the fantasy. We'll we'll wait and see how we go in the first couple of weeks and um, talk about it some more there unless you have anything to add. No, mate, that was um, a nice chat today. It's good to get um, a little bit of a pre-season chat done. Mm. Um, I feel ready for the season. I feel engaged. I feel energetic. I feel like I want to go out and play. Yep. Yeah. I, no, I would advise against it. I went out and played football just last night with my mate. We did 20 minutes. Uh, and in Vancouver, it's pretty warm at the moment and pretty humid after 20 minutes, not only for the fact that we're... Well, he would say that he's in shape. I would not claim to be that just at the moment. Um, but yeah, after 20 minutes, I was sweating buckets. Uh, and I feel it today as well. I've got a big day at the Whistler Bike Park tomorrow and I am aching a little bit already today. So my afternoon consists of um, maybe having a bit of an ice bath, having a bit of a stretch to make sure that I'm in good condition to then batter my body and mind at the Whistler Bike Park tomorrow. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, and again, if you have made it this far, a huge, huge thank you. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AFC turn underscore trib or on instagram at turnstiles underscore tribulations or find us on facebook as well and again a huge thank you for listening uh hope you enjoyed the little piece there at the end about the magic ingredients to having the best fantasy football team going uh chris anything you want to say before we head off uh exactly the same thank you so much for everybody who's listened this far to our first show this is going to be the first of many and um i'm sure we're going to replay this at our 10 year anniversary <laughs> show live show at the union chapel or wherever they do it these days um oh, we'll, we'll be at the emirates back at this won't we oh we'll, we'll do be it at live the at the emirates can we do it on yeah the yeah stage? no no messing about we'll be live at the emirates um and that is just it we just want to finish up by saying like we've said uh, a huge thank you we are going to get better at this as we go along um we hope that you enjoy kind of listening and feel free to uh, message us on our socials like we've said um follow us message us uh throughout the season we might talk about some topics that you want to discuss um you know maybe we'll even have you on and join us uh on an episode as well and you can talk to us about what you think about the arsenal but for now we're going to leave it there have a great week fingers crossed for a big result against palace on friday and we'll be back next week to talk about that and everything else in between that's happened over the weekend in regards to the football Trust the podcast process. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.